name's Sid Garza Hillman, and this is what I think. Happy birthday to me. Happy birth. I won't keep going. It is my birthday today, and I'm doing a podcast, and I am happy to do it. I wanted to do it, and I'm doing it. Okay, 52. I can make those kinds of decisions, uh, and I feel very liberated in doing so. You, the thing about birthdays when you get a little bit older is it's they get less. You know, obviously, this is not amazing, but it, they get less important. It's sort of like, oh, I mean, like twice this this morning already, I forgot it was my birthday. It's like that kind of thing. Uh, and I'm always, I got to be honest, a little creeped out maybe is the right word by adults who demand like a super duper special day on their day. It's always a little too airing out uh, daddy issue. I don't even... I'm not a psychologist. Okay. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to unpack that. There was an employee once at the resort and she was like, I was like, I need you to come in on Thursday to do it. So she's like, but Thursday's my birthday. And I was like, let me throw you a little math. Your age equals greater than 12. And therefore you don't have to have the birthday on the exact day. Like we had our, my celebration yesterday. I had made my famous red beans and rice triple batch. Oh my God. So good. I got a lot frozen. Uh, made that, but anyway, it's like, you don't have it on the, the day. Like you can have it another day and, and um, around your birthday and it's going to be, you're going to be fine. You're going to be, you're going to survive. And I would argue thrive with that kind of freedom to not have to, <clears throat> I'm drinking a <clears throat> new concoction. I didn't concoct it. It's just a new concoction to me called mud water or something. It was one of those ads. It's, it's, it's like different mushrooms and stuff. Look pretty good. It tastes okay. Mm. But, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of the medicinal mushrooms. Okay, I'm not going to apologize for that. There's certain things in the world that that go that make me go okay, this makes sense. And I'm glad because I feel like it's grounding. Like th this makes sense. Like it makes sense, right? One of them is the, I don't know if you guys, if, especially if you're not in the country, because I know I have some, some you know, outside the US listeners to this. And by the way, that's how I refer to every country that's not the United States. I just go outside of the US. There was a kidnapping plot for the uh, of the Michigan governor, Gretchen Whitmer. Anyway, they caught the, luckily caught the guy. It, this is a, a perfect example of of when of setting the example by the you know top how like the top down kind of leadership like the importance of having a strong leader and setting the example because it trickles down. So you have like a plot of these guys who are going to kidnap a governor of Michigan because I mean just the absolute nuttiness of this, right? Anyways, I hope it's still nutty for people. It's gotten so almost so normal that people are like, yeah. I'm like, no, no, not yeah. That's crazy, weird stuff. Anyways, six of them were indicted. And if you had put me in front of a sketch artist, a police sketch artist, and said, Sid, describe the six guys indicted in this kidnapping plot, I would have said, i never seen them. And then the sketch artist would say, yeah, I know, but you got to describe them anyways. Had I done that, I would have described them exactly the way that they look in the pictures. I would have said, well, I don't know. I've never seen them, but I bet one guy has the weird earlobey thing where his lobes are hanging down and he had to take the th rings out because it's a, a you know police shot, a mug shot. 
And then all of them have sort of that dead-eyed thing. There's one guy who probably worked or would work behind uh, uh, the counter at Blockbuster Video if they were still around. And then there's another guy who has kind of a, has a trouble growing a full facial hair, but he also looks like he's probably on the cusp, like he maybe wasn't going to do it, but maybe he's the younger brother of one of the other guys and he kind of got swept up into it. And then another guy's just going to have a beard that's not red, but not brown, but kind of in between and a scruffy beard, but kind of long. And then they would have drawn all those out and then they would have shown me the real pictures and I would have gone, I was right, 100% right. Um, I don't know why, I mean, it's just <clears throat> amazing and scary and weird. And along with my red bean, I'm all over the place. It's my birthday. I get that. I get that. I get that freedom. Don't I? Along with my red beans and rice last night, I had a salad. I made a big salad. It was a good one. Um, butter lettuce. And I have a question that I think is one of the more important questions. I'm a nutritionist. So you guys are going to expect this from me, but why, here's my big question. Why is butter lettuce so, so good? Why is it so good? And here's what I wonder, because I'm fascinated with the placebo effect. I think that a lot of, this is not a knock necessarily, but a lot of the go-to things like acupuncture, if you look at the actual studies of it, very little of it is actually, you know, it's, it's very well studied and, and a lot of it can be attributed to the placebo effect. Okay. They've just, it's what it is. Don't get your panties in a bunch about it, but there are certain things that they've measured, but mostly things that people go in and they go, I feel better and I walk out and it's full placebo. So my, my, my question is this, is, is butter lettuce good because somebody called it butter lettuce and now we go, it's got to be good. It's called butter. Or did we eat it, loved it, and it tastes so good that we said, we got to call this fucking butter lettuce. It's so good. I'm going to call it butter lettuce. It's a question for our time. It's a question for our time. If I could afford butter lettuce, and it is definitely on the more expensive side of things, I would eat butter lettuce all day, every day. I love butter lettuce so much. With my cashew ranch dressing, good night, Johnny. Mm. Okay. I have to, you know how like uh, newspapers do like a correction. They'll do like the next, uh, the next issue. They'll, they'll screw up something, make a mistake. And then in the following issue, they'll put a little paragraph on like page 90 that goes, oh, by the way, we screwed that up, but it's too late because it's already out there, but you know, whatever. So I'm going to make a, um, a correction, not a correction. It's really more of an addition. La- my, my error in last week's episode when I was talking about Fiona Apple and the benefit of experience and all these kinds of things, as I should have mentioned, and was really remiss in not mentioning Taylor Swift, who I have been a fan of a long. I'm not a fair weather Swifty, if you guys are wondering. Oh, he just likes. No, no, I have for for many years and and been very transparent about it, by the way. And it's it's somewhat controversial. I should have mentioned Taylor Swift in that last episode because her album Folklore, and I, I know she has a new one also, but I haven't listened to that one, so I can't speak to it. But Folklore was out this year also, is freaking fan it's i think it's her best record i think it's her, i think it's her best record and it's totally that experience thing she's like it's so good it's venturing into like indie rock areas this is a very cool um evolution of a of, of an artist so go taylor swift that's that's my two cents on that should have mentioned her should have mentioned her along with fiona zappa she said you know also taylor swift so fine correction correction this week 
Uh, thank you to everybody who Patreons me and um, my book, who people did some pre-ordering of that. Thank you. Six Truths, Live by These Truths and Be Happy, Don't and You Won't is available for pre-order on Amazon. Very excited to say that. Not out till April, so, you know, I'm on the fence about whether anybody should act on that at all. I'm just putting it out there. And my small step intensive thing is now made into a, a real thing. So it's smallstepintensive.com. Smallstepintensive.com. I've got the landing page there. You can check out about it. You can schedule a call with me if you think it might be up your alley. Very limited spaces. I'm just putting it right there. Up to two. That's I'm not I'm not kidding. And then that's like it's a twelve week thing. So, you know, there's there'll be space after the twelve weeks and it's rotating and, and you know, kind of things like that. But it's very limited because it's very attentive. Okay. Very attentive to you. On that note, uh, this episode is called Allergic to Allergies. Now, this is going to sound like a little bit of a, a of a beef that I have, and it's not a beef per se, but uh, food. I'm going to talk about food allergies because obviously I, I interact with them a lot as a nutritionist. I interact with them a lot as you know working at the the resort, the Stanford Inn. So there's I'm the guy at the resort that you know people with food allergies come through me because I go okay, well let me you know let's work this out or you shouldn't come here because, you know, I don't want you to be dead by visiting and things like that. And so that's exactly how I word it to you. I'm like, I don't want you to be dead by visiting. And then immediately Yelp, you know, gets an alert anyways. And so uh, I'm the guy. And so it's, I will put it this way, this is documented, but they are on the rise. Okay. Just I'm putting out there, food allergies are on the rise. And it's been a constant question for me given what I do, I was like, well, why? And I, I have a pretty good explanation that I think is rings true, which is I think that stress is going up um, in the world. I think that our, you know, again, you, you know the sources of my stress, junk food, social media, and news. You know, like the, you know, we're working harder than ever. We're, we're, we're sleeping worse, but these are all things that are interconnected, right? Because if you're looking at the news and you're on social media all day, then you're all freaked out. Then you don't sleep as well. And if, because you don't sleep as well, you're exhausted the next day and you're more prone to behaviors that aren't really in, in line with, you know, you're like exhausted. And so you're like, fuck it, I'm just going to eat crappy food and I'm going to drink too much caffeine. And the roller coaster goes. And on that stress, under that stress umbrella is a weakened digestion. It, it, it's a weakened digestive tract. It's not, this is, again, this is backed up by lots and lots of science. Our gut bacteria is messed up under stress. Our digestive, the musculature, the physical part of our digestion, the, the, the peristaltic, I think they call it, but the movement of the intestines that moves the food down is weakened under stress. These are very real physical things, the hydrochloric acid in our stomach, the, the, the production of enzymes in our small intestines. These are mitigated in and under chronic stress and chronic stress is on the rise. And so to me, it's a pretty easy equation to say, okay, well, if chronic stress is on the rise and stress weakens digestion, it's not a big jump to say, okay, then, then sensitivities to f certain foods are going to be on the rise as well. So it's, I know it's more complicated than, than that, obviously. However, if you can simplify and look at it in a way that, that is that simple, and say, okay, well, then if I manage my overall stress and I make moves to manage that and keep it at a minimal level most of the time, understanding that there's going to be, uh, you know, spikes, but most of the time, if it's managed, then my digestion in theory and in practice would 
re- resume and respond and strengthen just like guess what my mood happiness my physical strength in my body my fitness my endurance all those things respond to when stress is managed when you keep your stress under wraps most of the time your body is allowed to thrive better this is again it's not brain surgery momentary acute stress, like the cold therapy I do or the, you know, Wim Hof breathing and and heat therapy and all sorts of things like this. Also, you know, and exercise, for instance, weightlifting also uh, allow the body to respond. Why? Because they're not chronically like that. They're, they're, they're fixed and minimal in the context of our whole lives, spikes of stress that we then allow via recovery in theory to allow the body to make adaptations to those, if they call it hormetic stress, it's, it's, it's enough stress to trigger adaptations, but not so much to weaken. But as a culture, we're under enough stress that we are weakened and digestion is one of the victims of that model. And as a result, food allergies are on the rise. That's how I see it. Okay. It could be hundred percent wrong, but I don't think I am just based on what I know and what I read all the time. And so we're, we're bombarding our bodies with substandard food. And that's the understatement of the year. We're, we're bombarding our minds with substandard mental nutrition, as I call it. And, and we are seeing the effects of that in the rise of food allergies. Now, here's my, if, if I have a beef, here's my beef. Given this, the demanding nature of food allergies has become wrapped up in my conversation of health and happiness because there are certain personalities where the food allergies become their, it's wrapped up in their need for attention and for uh, maintenance and for, for in a way, ena- enabling and it's, it's, it's further debilitating to quality of life. I'll put that gently. The amount, uh, it isn't, I'll put it this way. The, my experience with many people, many, not all, many people with food allergies is they are very demanding. They are very expecting of, of great attention. I've had people who, you know, they email me and I go, okay, well, here's what you can eat at the resort. Here, we got these things. These are fine for you. And they show up and they go, the chef told me he was going to make me something special. Honest to God. And I had never, I was like, no, I absolutely did not. No, I absolutely did not. And I have everything in writing to show you that that is a hundred percent not true, but that's that kind of expectation. And it's, it's a problem for me. I got to be honest, this food allergy phenomenon, everybody's, you know, everybody's gluten intolerant, even though it, I'll just put it this way. If you take care of yourself better, there is a good chance that you will not be as sensitive to those foods. Okay. Now, if you're celiac, I get it. Celiac. Got it. Full on, full on. But there's a lot of gray area in the gluten intolerant, gluten sensitivity thing. Okay. There are certain allergies like nut allergies and celiac where yes, it's, it's measured. It's real. Absolutely. But there's a lot of other stuff that people go, Oh, I can't, you know, I can't eat soy. And I go, Okay, soy sets you off. Okay, do you still eat dairy? Well, yeah. Okay, well then, what do you think is going to happen when you eat soy if you're still eating dairy, which is far more damaging? Give up the dairy, then see what happens with the soy. Maybe you're still sensitive. I don't know. But if you're just sitting in this cage of, I have these allergies, and there's nothing I can do about them, and and I'm not speaking about the ones like a peanut allergy. Okay, I'm not speaking about those. They're they're like I said, they're what they are. 
But the other ones that are so on the rise and so uh, reflected in the lists of things. Well, I'm on the FODMAP diet. Okay, because your doctor, who's not a nutritionist, told you to be on the FODMAP diet. So I can't eat this, I can't eat, but you can still eat animal protein, you can still eat dairy, and you can still, still eat all sorts of things that, and oils that aren't healthy at all. But do you see how if you're still going to eat those and, and therefore you can't eat this long list of things, do you see if you took the first things out of the, out of the picture, maybe you could eat these other things? So as I'm, my concern about this and the reason why I said I'm allergic to allergies is because it's become, it's, it's in, a, in a way, it's not a huge phenomenon, but it's definitely a phenomenon. And there's a delicate balance there for me. And I think there's a del- delicate balance for society, which is that food allergies should be, people with food allergies should be cared for and attended to, but not enabled. And there's definitely a line where in my work with people, but also just in general, where people are clearly exhibiting a need for attention that is beyond a food. It's not like somebody goes, listen, I can't do gluten. If you can't do it, it's no problem. I'll bring my own food. They're not like that. They're like, here's what I can do. And this and this and this and this and this, and there's back and forth. And I'm in a position where I, I have to accommodate because I work for a resort and, and, you know, and sometimes I gotta be honest, the owners are like, screw them, you know, cause it just gets to this point where we know that there's a hundred percent chance that when they get here, after all the work that I do to accommodate, they're going to have an unhappy experience because that's who they are. And I'm just going to be very frank. This is again, I'm not, I told when I started this podcast, I'm not taking the gloves off here. That's who they are. And if you are a person with a, with food allergies, you may be trapped by those things. There are very real ones. Of course, of course, I'm not an idiot. But at the same time, make your moves. And if you know people, it's a like I said, a delicate balance, but there's a very enabling. I've seen this in couples, in married couples, where one person has the list and the other person, you can see it in his or her eyes, this, this, this kind of, they've in a way given up or they're just like resigned to the fact that they're like, I got to manage this person. I have to accommodate and it's all about them. And it's this very self-indulging, self-indulged, very selfish, not in a good way that I talk about like holistic self-interest, but like a very like I need attention and this is how I'm going to get this. And I think it deserves uh, maybe greater attention, not in an enabling way, but more of in a, where are you not getting what you need and why is it being expressed in food? Let, let's give you what you need so that it's not expressed so much in food. And I think there's moves to be had there in, in some ways. I think a lot of this is p- possibly coming back to the fact that I'm training right now to be a, uh, a breathing coach. Um, I'm like about three quarters way of my, of my course and the effect of breathing slow not super deep, deep down to the lungs, but not full. Like you're not breathing all the way in, but you're kind of have this mild little, they call air hunger, just kind of uh, we're over breathing. And and in other words, and how that affects our digestion. I mean, it's real. There's breathing affects stress. Breathing affects digestion. Breathing affects mindfulness. Breathing affects attention. And when you can kind of, you know, again, create a, a certain level of calmness most of the time, your body and mind respond and the food allergy picture as it's again it's on the rise this is why i i address this because it's happening more and more people are super duper sensitive to all sorts of food and i think it's representative of a bigger picture which is of concern to me which is that people are more and more sensitive to all sorts of things that are more triggered by my many things food 
but also other things. And I think food is like a, it's sort of like the sign of an increased sensitive person who is very demanding of attention from everybody and very demanding of, of accommodations when they have it in themselves to fix maybe not everything, but a large part of what is going on with them, or at least to make moves and to understand this truth, which is that just in the making moves to take power back to say, well, let me figure out what I can do here. Or maybe is there something I can do that there is a great power and a, and a, a mitigation of stress just in asking that question, what can I do about this?
Yeah, you've been 